Welcome back to the Mail-In Podcast. We are back after taking last week off. Uh, I'm your host, Brad Merriman. To my right, the lovely, the Jean overalled up, Sally DeFries. Good morning, Sally. Do you like my overalls? I do. I do. You don't see overalls making uh, making waves that much anymore. Or are They're they kind of like? A comeback, are they back? Well, I tr- these are these are some knockoffs. I really wanted mm-hmm. some Carhartt ones. Ooh, okay. Carhartt's but, definitely back. It's yeah, from like, a, no, like people I, in LA. But I, I wanted the Carhartt work in progress ones, which is like really, but they have these like cool, like waxy ones. Mm. But they well, sold out, so that's tough. Waxed, uh, what is it? Waxed canvas. Mm-hmm. That's that's like, although it's too hot to wear wax canvas. Oh, in Texas. no doubt. But your your husband Will is a big waxed canvas guy. Yeah. Have you ever rewaxed something? Never have I ever rewaxed. It's actually but you really. Put a finger to, never have I ever. I haven't rewaxed something. It's like really um, satisfying. Oh really? Yeah. How do you do it? You basically just get wax and smear it, and then... oh, it's like a like a manual process. Yeah. Okay. And then I use like a hair dryer to like kind of even mm. it out because if you get like too much oil wax in one spot. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Uh, I did that. Not, I guess it's not waxing, but I did that with like a, a shoe winter like waterproofer. Uh-huh. Where you just take a little scoop and then just go yeah. around on it. Uh, it changed the color of my suede shoes though, and I was like, Oh, oh no, you fuck. gotta get the crepe spray on stuff. I'll send yeah. you a link. Yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't really matter. Well, now, those but... shoes are ruined, but I mean oh, yeah. for your future shoes, they still look fine. But they they came out of the box like beautifully, and then I was like, Oh yeah, I'll winter, I'll winterize them with the shoe. I believe it was the the thing that came with the shoes. And uh, yep, turns out it changes the color and pretty much just makes them not look like suede. So no, I have the best stuff that I put on my Birkenstocks, mm. and it makes okay. water just like roll right off of them. Really? Yeah, Birkenstocks. By the way, they're, they're all the way back. You know what else I'm wearing that's also back that makes me maybe a little chuggy? What do you got? Sambas on. Oh, currently. They're, yep, yep, yep. That was the every soccer player. In my school, like in high school, yeah, middle school, Sambos were the shoe of choice. Well, Will really does not like that I have – I only have one pair of Golden Goose sneakers. Mm. Will hates them. He's noted does not like I know. I, I'm not anti-Golden Goose, but like I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the dirty shoe thing. Yeah. So I was – I needed some more. I have some white sneakers that I really like mm-hmm. that are actually fry. Like the boot yeah, company, yeah. love fries. Those but, those are actually the shoes I ruined. <laughs> oh, boots really? Ruined. Yeah. <laughs> and then I needed some more tennis shoes, so that mm. were like that. They're like sneakers I can wear with outfits that are not like my my on mm-hmm. running shoes. I gotcha. I gotcha. Not that I'm running. I wear my ons to the hospital. Those are your hospital shoes. Your like long standing period of time shoes. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, I was in Montana last week. I know you were. How was that? Uh, it was lovely. I was up there with Rachel's family. Uh, shouts to them. They were they were phenomenal. We had a blast. You were in Bozeman. Bozeman. Were you Bose Angeles? If like you will. your um, Yellowstone dreams. We did. We did a lot of things. We did whitewater rafting. We golfed. We ate and drank a bunch. Cooked at home a little bit. We did Yellowstone. Uh, which was lovely. It was 39 degrees in Yellowstone National Park when yeah. we were there. And I was like, why do I live in a sauna hellhole for four months out of the year? Was was basically my question. But then my biggest qualm with uh, Yellowstone, or not Yellowstone, with Bozeman is that uh, if you want to live there, uh, be prepared to spend about a million dollars no matter where you want to live. Right, so that's the issue with like Bozeman... More so, I think the Missoula, Jackson Hole, et cetera, oh, is that just now that whole all these billionaires have moved in uh-huh. and raised the cost of living. It's, in, it's insane. But then they don't have affordable housing for people who need to live there full time to to like service make the town the bil- run yeah, yeah, who live exactly. in service or like who work in the service industry. Yep, it's va- like it, Vale has the most concentrated problem with that, but it's it, it's the same thing. Yeah. Too many people with too much money. Bringing up the cost of housing too much with wages for service jobs not increasing to meet that. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. Like a 600-square-foot studio, 1.2. In Bozeman? Yeah. Yeah. Down, I mean, very downtown, like walkable to everything. Yeah. So you can obviously find stuff that's not that. But, I mean, it's it's not three minutes away. It's 30 minutes away if yeah. you want to get something 
remotely affordable. It's crazy. Beautiful town, though. Maybe I we mean, all need God. to like move to Oklahoma or something. I don't know about Oklahoma, but like I would do, I would do somewhere else in Montana. Uh, the weather is just—it's insane. Like if it's eighty-two degrees, topping out at eighty-two, with no humidity in the middle of July, and I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not built for this. I'm not—you know—this Austin weather. Not built for the heat dome. No, 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 no. The 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 Viking blood in me, shouots to my Scandinavian, twenty three and me results, doesn't. Will's Will's learned how to just will himself out of sweating now. That's huge because he was a noted sweater before. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. Now he just he famously did not sweaters. sweat at Klein's wedding. Wow, that's saying something. Like people were sweating through their suits, and Will, that was <laughs> somehow. Like, I'm not kidding, like, removed his jacket and, like, his shirt was not wet. That's insane. For I, those of you who don't know, the wedding was at 545 oh, outside. It was very hot. And I love Klein. Heat index, like, 110. Heat index was 110. And we were rocking three-piece suits. You were, yeah. Luckily, we were only outside. One guy, we one of Klein's ex-teammates sweat through his jacket. Oh, yeah. I That was the first time I've ever seen a girl sweat through a dress before. Like, I've never, like, you see jacket or shirt swamp ass i saw a dress like back in ass sweat i was like oh my god i didn't know that happened the first wedding i ever attended with will shouts to jeff and aaron mm -hmm. was in michigan okay in june okay so really the high is like maybe 78 oh. beautiful yeah okay i'm wearing a highlighter yellow dress mm -hmm. okay got a spray tan working nice. obviously nice looking hot I don't know any of Will's friends. I literally have never been to Michigan in my life before. Mm -hmm. We sat down. The wedding was at like four or five. Sun right above us. I get up. It really wasn't, didn't feel that hot, but you're like sitting in the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the bathroom, had under boob sweat. <sighs> but because I also had a spray tan, uh, it had like stained oh. my dress. So <laughs> at you a wedding. Under boob. I, I knew no one. Tan sweat. Like. Yeah, I had to basically like take off my dress in the country club bathroom, treat the stain. I had a huge like water stain under my boobs for like 30 minutes till I dried. And I just had to carry around my clutch in front of my chest. Oh, no. So that you couldn't see that it looked like I like had leaked myself oh, with breast milk, even though I wasn't a mom yet. So... So it can happen anywhere, yeah, even yeah. in Michigan. You got to be careful out there it, with with spray tans and and under boobs. Put deodorant, antiperspirant, yep. baby powder under your boobs, in between your thighs, etc. Like on your thighs, etc. And and that's what you get from the mail in podcast. Also, if you are a noted face sweater, you can put deodorant on your like upper lip oh, before gosh. you Doesn't put it just, makeup like, on. Smell though, I mean, probably. But hey, that's that's what you get. But that's the cost of not sweating. That's the cost of living over here, man. Yeah. Anyway, we're we're the mail in podcast. Yeah. We sorry. answer questions, help you out, give you something to uh, to chew on after one of these shows. Subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify, hit the hotline number eight 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 three six two M A I L. That is eight 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 three six two six two four five. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail Podcast or the link below the description of this episode or the link in our Instagram bio, you name it. There's a lot of places to hit us up. You can just go to washmedia.com and uh, click on our logo. And it's also there if you want. Hit up the store, washmedia.shop, and hit up the YouTube, youtube.com slash mail-in podcasts, podcasts, podcast, to see us in lovely 1080 by 164,000 uh, pixels. Randy loves when I get the aspect ratio wrong. Anyway, Sally, are you ready? Yeah, I was just thinking with all that deodorant talk, we have a really interesting body lotion. I know. Lotion. We're excited. We're skincare. excited to get to. Not yet, though. Hey, Brett and Sal. Longtime listener, first time writer. Need a little early dating advice. I've been single for over a year after a relationship that I thought was the one, just wasn't. Finally decided to get out there and hit hinge and found a girl that I like a lot. On the personality, professional, and life goal front, she's awesome. However, I'm not sure that I'm that attracted to her. She's cute and always catches my eye when we're out in a group, but 
I'm not sure if I'm really physically attracted to her. Do I stick with this and see if the attraction grows or is it just a gut feeling and do I need to move on? Good boy. Okay. I am going to go team stick with it. Okay. Because he said he thinks she's cute. Right. Like, it's not like she, an... she's still cute enough to catch his attention. Sure. It's not like a, I have no physical attraction to you. I mean, he did say, I'm not really just right. I'm not really. It's just, it's but, not really. It's not like a, it's not like a no thing. I also think for, at least for me personally, like personality, chemistry, talking, mm-hmm. things like that matter so much more for my attraction level than like pure physical. Like I look at you. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's possible to have one and it grow into the other. But I think it's honestly easier to have the attraction of like, I like you, we mesh well, we have great chemistry, we have good banter, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then I find you more attractive as time goes on versus you're so hot, but kind of dumb or whatever. Right. And then you have to like get to the like, I'm attracted to your personality. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think it's easier to do what you said. But I think uh, mostly, I think for me personally, anybody I've ever dated, mm-hmm. including Will, has never been like, and I, I'm very physically attracted to Will, but it's never been like I picked him out of a crowd. It was like, damn. I mean, we met on Twitter, but like, I was never like, that's who I'm going after. Yeah. Like that hot guy over there. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think nor- that's just always how I've been. I've always let the like, the personality stuff bleed into becoming physically attracted to somebody. Okay. I think it can happen. I think stick it out. I don't think you like, I think you give it a few more weeks to a month. Yeah. I don't think you're trying to, you know, you're not putting a ring on it per se. Right. You're not, you're not trying to, to take this person home to mom and dad just yet, because I think it is important to figure out, because like, yeah, yeah. An aside here: physical attraction is is important to me. Yeah. And if that makes me shallow, no, I'm I don't shallow. think it makes you it, shallow to want to be attracted to the person that you're dating. Yeah, it, it is something that I is probably like one A to one B being person like personality. If you're if you're the hottest girl in the world, but you have a zero personality, right? It's not going to work, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that, but physical attraction is just is is an important thing on my radar and that's it's like the initial spark is like oh wow and then the personality just reinforces here's a question i have Mm -hmm. it's kind of rhetorical because i know my own answer but like don't you feel like also being physically intimate with someone either confirms or denies that attraction for you, like the physical aspect of it. Mm Because I feel like once you start hooking up with someone, if you're dating them and then y'all like start having sex or, you know, whatever you choose to do, that like if you are sexually compatible with them and have good sexual chemistry, that makes them more physically attracted. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So Mm -hmm. part of me feels like if you haven't gotten to that point yet, yeah. Of like being intimate with this person, not saying you have to have sex with them or you can, whatever. And and the that might elevate your physical attraction or vice versa, put you at the point where you're like, we're not also we have no sexual chemistry either. So I'm like mm-hmm. just that confirms that I'm not into it. Yeah. I I totally get that. I totally get that. And I think like for me, I just think of uh, like I'm, when I say physically attracted, it's not like a I'm not thinking like supermodel curvy. I'm thinking like face and yeah, just like like uh, a, a radiant kind of vibe is sort of what I mean by physical attraction. So like cute. Or- well, I think too. I think that there are two types of people. I think there are people who have physical types. Yep. That physical attraction probably matters a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm saying all this like I don't think it's shallow to like. To want somebody to be physically attracted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then I think there are also people who like, if you look at their personal dating history, they really have no physical type because they're just kind of like mm-hmm. attracted to a person. Yeah. Um, 
I think both of those are the correct things. But if you're in the more like physical type scenario, it's harder to like confirm your feelings if they don't match what you like. You're normally used to dating like tan brunettes mm-hmm. and maybe she's like a petite blonde. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So I think sometimes it's harder to reconcile in your brain like, oh, I'm I'm attracted to her, but I it's not like my conventional what I would normally go after. Sure. Yeah, I, th- I I totally did that. And I think with this guy, it's like, man, I'm not conventionally physically attracted to her, but something about like something about giving it the time to let that personality seep up. And I hate to like I I, I hate to say like add points, you know, because yeah. it's just you, you don't want to break somebody's appearance down into points or their personality into points yeah. or a ranking scale. But like humans do it. Yeah. And so if if you can add a point like that, I'm putting that in air quotes with her personality, uh, taking the time to get to know her, then you do become more physically attracted, whether it's through sexual chemistry, through uh, sexual intimacy, or just like, I don't know, like like hanging around the, the house intimacy. Like, yeah, I think that can happen. I so agree. I think I, I say stick with it and see if it grows to, but not to the point where you're, you know, <sighs> I say stick if you with start it, feeling like, guilty yeah. about like spending time with her because you're then, just like I'm not into then it. Then it's done. Right. Then you're not yeah. into it anymore. Correct. And it doesn't have to be like it, it's okay to just be like I, she I wasn't attracted to her mm-hmm. physically yeah. or mentally. Like when you the time to stop is when you start dreading hanging out with her. Right. And it, and if you're if it's in your head every single time, then it's then it's done. If it's if you catch yourself being like, "Wow, she looked really cute today," or we're at a at a bar, whoa, yeah. okay, then then let it let it simmer a little bit. I also feel like people, this will be the last thing I say on this. Go through a point when they're starting dating someone, especially if it might turn serious, mm-hmm. where you are probably hypercritical of that person. More so than you would be a normal casual fling. Because I think when you recognize like I could I could have a relationship with this person, serious or like long term, you start really thinking about like, I'm gonna just say that I've said this before. Will coming from the Midwest had his voice was higher and he talked a lot faster than guys I was used to. (laughs) And it freaked me out. Cause like I yeah. was used to guys from Texas who would like speak with a Southern Hello, drawl ma'am. and like really slowly. And so I remember literally being like, is this something that like is turning me off? Did you get the ick? No, I didn't get the ick, oh. but it, it it's like, I think when your brain, when you are like, I'm going to start dating this person regularly mm-hmm. instead of just like some like random hookups, your brain or at least in some situations, it's like, okay, hold on, let's let's consider all the the you know, every aspect we need to. Like, do I like his voice? Do I like his job? Do I like his car? Do I like what he looks like? Do I like how he interacts with my friends? Do I like like the fact that he smokes pot? Whatever it may be. I I'm like literally referencing something that one of my friends has brought up about their potential husband mm-hmm. that they were like, I don't know if I can get over this. And then you got over yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, because I think your, your normal reaction to like, I'm getting in a relationship is like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to be trapped. Especially when you're younger, even when you have wanted to be in a relationship. Yeah, it's like, whoa, wait a second. Did I, are you, are, am I sure because about that? Yeah. You're protecting yourself against change. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really normal for our own psyche to to pick out little things and be like okay well, i'm not like the most physically attracted to her out of anybody i've ever dated mm-hmm. yeah or like oh i don't i don't know if i like want to be with somebody who like isn't close with their sisters or what you know whatever bullshit brand nitpicky kind of thing is right yeah. the nitpicky perfect that like later on you're like can't believe i cared about that yeah i yeah and i think it's it's sort of like I think we all do this is, is you didn't know. And then like grass is greener. Like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like this person, but what if I really like, like really, really liked somebody yeah. else? Yeah. So this person, again, using a cliche that I don't like to use checking boxes. Yeah. So checking like take all your boxes, 42 out of 50 boxes. You're like, but what if there's a 44 out there? Yeah. And then yeah. you don't want to like 
you know, get in the relationship. And then that, then you be, then you come with like the fuck boy behavior, which I also don't condone. Yeah. But I don't know. Attraction is, you know what? Attraction is interesting and difficult and. It's hard to define, but. Hard I'll to define. But I think I, I didn't realize we could go for like 20 minutes on this question. We could probably go for. A whole episode. An hour on this question. I, I think Will is really attractive. I'm going to say that Me right too. now. But I, he was not my, what I was used to. Mm-hmm. The second I knew, you know how I knew I was attracted to him? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is so embarrassing to me. I saw him in a backwards hat. Ooh. That just like does it for me. Okay. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Backwards hat will. A little like little frat guy will kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. When he wears a backwards hat, I love it. Wow. Okay. Just, I guess the same. Yeah. Same with Rachel. It wasn't like necessarily my type, so to speak. And then boom. But I mean, backwards hat and a pair of Muggsy jeans. You want to talk denim? Yeah. Let's talk denim, Sally. Muggsy makes the most. Comfortable jeans, chinos, shorts, and joggers ever. They're made from buttery soft, patented stretch materials that look stylish but are insanely comfortable, never too baggy, never too tight. They're frankly the best thing to happen to legs since chairs. What a line. Great copy there from Mudgy Jeans. Never in human history have legs been so spoiled by pure softness and comfort while looking so damn good. I'm just a gigantic fan of Mudgy. Sally, because their jeans fit great. Uh, I wear them 365 days a year, which to say that in Austin, Texas is crazy. Yeah. They function in the heat by by being breathable and stretchy. They function in the cold by being warm enough that you can wear them in any weather. They have a perfect amount of width. So the the boys downstairs are, are... Good to go. Comfy. Uh, but they're not so wide that they look like dad jeans. You can cuff them if you'd like. You can – they're just – they're, a, they're a, a pair of jeans that feels like a friend. You know, you have like you, – you go in your closet. Maybe you just did laundry. And you're like, I have go-tos that I know I look good. I know are comfy. And I just wear them out. That's mudgy for me. Like yeah. if I'm like, man, I just did laundry. Guess who's first off the rack? Mugsy. Mugsy. Margie jeans. They also just dropped their cool match denim. Wow. Yeah. Which is super tight. Timely. Not actually, no, I say super tight in a good way, not like super tight fitting. Yeah. Uh, which there are their most breathable jeans ever. Plus, you know, I love their their jean jackets, their denim jackets. I've not, I never was a denim jacket guy until I put on my Margie one. And the compliments I get in that sucker, Sally, they're like, man, are you like, are you that guy from Summerhouse? Like, no, but I look like that guy. Fucking hot bread. Shows to Kyle Cook. Anyway, head to Mudgy.com and get 10% off now using code MAIL. That's 10% off some of the most premium jeans, chinos, swimwear, and shorts on the internet. Mudgy also shop offers free shipping and returns, so there's absolutely no risk giving them a try. Again, Mudgy.com and get 10% off now using code MAIL. M-A-I-L. Uh, if you're in Chicago, Boston, D.C., or Austin, Head downtown and check out their storefronts. Easy vibes every time and enjoy a beer while you shop. Sally, I want to do the next one. Yes. Let me read it. Hi, Sally and Brett. Long story short, I have a plus one to a wedding this fall and I have absolutely no idea who to bring as I am chronically single at 29. Who isn't? Context. The groom is one of my closest friends from college. Sorry, Sal. We never did have feelings for each other. I don't believe that. And I have not met his fiance in real life. This this is a wedding I'll have to travel to. I'm in Boston. The wedding is in Cincinnati. The groom is not close with many other people from college. And I know for a fact there will not be a ton of people I know there myself, i.e. there will be two other couples from college I was tangentially friends with. The groom knows this and hence gave me an open plus one. The invite literally came to me as my name and guest. I'm not currently dating, and I think it would be a high-key miracle if I somehow met a guy before this wedding. I don't think I'm ugly. I'm just bad at dating. Suffice to say, I really do not want to attend this wedding alone, but I absolutely still want to go. Is it appropriate to bring along one of my girlfriends? How do I even convince someone to spend a weekend in Cincinnati? Do I have to get on the apps for the sole purpose of finding a plus one, or do I suck it up and go alone? Sincerely, persistently unattached. One. 
I like the the names instead of signing your name to keep us anonymous. Signing like a like a dear Abby kind of name, like sincerely, yeah. like forever lonely, yeah, or sincerely, like uh, don't drink beer, only drink fruity cocktails. Randy, hey, Randy, do you want to go to Cincinnati for a wedding? That was my. You stole my thing. No, Randy's not a Cincinnati. Are you sure? Guy. He said Randy's positive. Okay, what? that's off the table. Go alone. I think going to alone, single for a wedding. Would be so much fun, especially that you know the groom, so the the person of the opposite sex, if you're into that, uh-huh. can not not that they have a responsibility to wingman for you on their wedding weekend, but can kind of give you the lay of the land on Thursday night. Like, hey, I got so and so coming. I got Randy in the building. I got Marco in the building. I got Keith in the building. They're all they're all here, and they're all they're all single too. Randy's I shaking think his head. Randy is shaking. What? What? Randy? I firmly disagree with that. You don't. I mean, why I don't go, you want? You're the most like perfect yeah. guy to go to a wedding single because you're a social uh, butterfly. Yeah, and, I go, and, a, and I go to wedding single all the time, but I know all of my friends are going to be there. I'm going to have fun. It, this girl feels. I don't think it's out of pocket. Wow, that was wow. <laughs> okay, Gen Z, Randy. <laughs> to to bring a girlfriend with you, the guy gave you a guess and is already knows your situation. Oh. Like I've gone. Like one of my friends, like his girlfriend had to back out last second and they're like, Hey, do you want to come to this wedding with me? Go do not go bring some random guy off Tinder. No, no, no. I, I agree with if you want to bring a girlfriend, yeah. Like so if you bring a bring a buddy, that's bring, I'm totally down with that. Definitely bring a buddy yeah. if, if you're you're feeling lonely. But I wouldn't say definitely don't get on the apps, bring a rando that you're now like <sighs> unless you really hit it off with somebody a couple of weeks before. I you just have you ever brought a plus one to the wedding that was somebody you weren't dating? No. Okay. I've done it once. I feel oh, like this- did, did, isn't this the, the terrible story? Uh-huh. Yeah. I did it once. Uh I had a plus one to a wedding that honestly, like <laughs> retrospect, I probably didn't actually have a plus one. And like Ooh. You did a little Dan Register? Well, not not like I didn't do it on purpose, but I thought I had one. And so I brought someone and then like I don't know. It's all weird in my head now. First of all, I think having plus ones to a wedding is much less common now than it was probably 30 years ago, 20 years ago, like in the 90s. Because I think weddings are so big now and people invite so many people that they know that they don't have the room to give people plus ones unless it's like somebody they're dating. Mm -hmm. You don't just get like an open like, oh, here's an invite. Very, yeah, I, I the totally only agree times I've like heard of it in the recent, you know, past or in my own experience has been like when you are in the wedding party and you're maybe not dating someone and they're like, bring mm. a guy, like bring someone, sure, whatever, yeah, 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 gotcha. okay. But rarely do guests get like a bring a plus one, and I think honestly, that's just kind of how our society's moved. It's like if you don't have a significant other. You're not just getting to bring a random person. Whereas yep. I think 20 years ago, maybe even 25 years ago, and like mid 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, when all those movies were made about this, mm-hmm. that was more common to like have. I get. To, uh-huh. I'm going to a wedding. I get to bring a plus one. That was kind of yeah. like understood. Kind of. It was like almost standard. Right, but now the guest list is too big. You can't accommodate for all those. And people. it's like 150, 250 dollars a plate. Right. Exactly. So I've only done it once. I invited a guy that I knew from college, not well. He like was fraternity brothers with guys that I was friends with. Mm-hmm. Um, he lived in Austin. I was living in Austin or actually I was living in Houston, but we knew each other. And I was like, do you want to come with me to this wedding? You, he would know some people there, but like not a ton of people. Yeah. Um, he came with me. And two things. One, when you bring a plus one to a wedding, especially someone that is not your best friend, like you're not bringing like a guy friend with you or like whatever, there's already an expectation of like this is going to – there's something because you're like going to an event together. You're basically going to an adult version of a formal from college. So there's already this like expectation like, oh, we're like going to spend the weekend together. Mm Mm-hmm. Especially if you're this traveling to Cincinnati, like we're gonna be in a hotel room together, all of these things. So that already like put a little pressure on it. 
flash forward to the wedding. I'm already like kind of starting to get the ick like a little bit just like based on how things were going. And then at the wedding, he got really weird and was just acting really weird. And at the end of the night, like five of us got in a cab to go to a bar after. And I found out that he had done Molly at the wedding. Ah, yeah. That'll do it. And the thing was, the people who got married were like uber conservative Christian. Mm. So it was like not the wedding to do Molly at. It was like, it like... These people were like major God squad, which is also great. But like they, they, none of them were doing Molly. No, okay? Molly, Molly was not uh, widely distributed. I was at a at wedding the, at like six months ago where everyone did Molly, sure, except for me. But like, <laughs> there, there's a time and a place. This was yep. not the time or the place. So when I found that out, I was like, ew. Like I'm mm. over it now. I'm like pissed off. He gave me the ick, and we like literally never talked again after that. Yeah. So. The moral of my story is unless you hit it off with someone in like the next month that you like fall head over heels for and you're like, hey, like I'm going to Cincinnati for this wedding. You want to come? Like I wouldn't bring – I wouldn't go out and try to find someone because that just puts a lot of pressure on the weekend that like is unnecessary and it's going to make you have less of a good time. Totally, totally, totally Because the chances of it not going how you expect are way higher than it like being some magical weekend in Cincinnati. Blossoming into this romantic situation. The other thing is I've also been in in a situation where I've brought a friend, a guy friend to a wedding as a plus one. And also was like kind of uncomfortable because I it was again probably the fault of like myself and my own friends that it was like oh people expected something from us absolutely yeah when there wasn't so yeah I personally also agree with you that you should go alone mm-hmm. I think alone is the best alone is the safest it's the most fun in in p- most potentially fun going alone has the highest floor highest ceiling. I agree. I know Randy's shaking his head no, but I I do think if you are confident enough in yourself, which is a lot, like it does take like a lot of like self-confidence to like show up alone to a wedding, chat up your, you know, table mates, et cetera. But then again, I I would probably never have that self-confidence at 29, but if I could do it now, I'd be like, fuck it. I'm never going to see any of these people again. Likely. Boom. Yeah. And, and you kind of use that as a crutch for for just being yourself and, right. and inter- inserting yourself into conversations think, or being I like, hey, I'm so You give so-and-so. yourself the best opportunity at like having a great time, having a fun meet, meet cute, maybe, maybe having a little hookup, et cetera. Yeah. There you go. I do think bringing a girlfriend, my initial reaction was like, don't do that. But if you really want to go to the wedding and the groom is fine with you bringing a friend, Mm-hmm. Then like bring a friend to like be your extra wing woman so y'all can go have a weekend together in Cincinnati. There you go. So that like you can have a friend to bring with you. But I I do think that there is a little bit of like a stigma almost for like showing up with like some random girl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, totally. I like I I, rem- I don't remember whose wedding this was, but I went to a wedding where the groom, who was one of my best friends, was literally like, yeah, so-and-so brought like this random he, he random chick. And he's like, I don't know her from from Adam. And she was like kind of being – she's like a buzzkill. And he's I like, think- he, he, she made my – one of my best friends like have less fun. And he was in the corner like talking. It was just – it was weird. It's always – I think part of the reason people don't throw out plus ones anymore too is because – We've said this so much. Like, do you really want someone at your wedding that you don't know? No. You want to at least know that they have been with this person for six, nine, 12, 18 months or whatever it is. So you have some sort of like, okay, they're going to be in their life for well, an extended but period of You time. could also argue that this girl bringing one of her friends like has had a longer history with her oh, than like a no guy. Doubt. No doubt. But I also think like the bride might be like, what? Why are these yeah. two extra girls here? Yeah. But – I, I don't know. I I don't know why I feel weirdly prejudiced against that. But I also think as long as the groom doesn't care, then like do what you want. But I yeah. still think go alone. I think go, go alone is option one for me. Bring a friend is option two. Option 76,000 is bring a random person. The thing is, though, 
at 29 is that age where like anything could happen. If you like randomly mm-hmm. meet someone tomorrow and y'all just like hit it off and then you're like, hey, do you want to go to Cincinnati? That's very true. If you really find something in the next couple of weeks, fine. But I wouldn't count on it. Yeah. Hey, Brett and Sally. My sister-in-law and her husband are moving into my apartment building next month. Since they're moving from across the country, they've also asked to stay with us for a few weeks until their stuff arrives. We also recently got a puppy that has required us to get a dog walker for her frequent trips. Uh, Since they both work from home, there's been some talks about having them take her on walks two times a week until she can make it through the day. But they've subtly said that long-term, they'd like some compensation to do it. Is it a trash move of them to ask for money? Do you think covering a dinner every now and then would be fine? Okay. Mm. First of all, when I first read this, I thought they were just talking about when the in-laws were staying with them. It sounds like it's going to be a little more long-term. Okay. That. Right. So, so I, I'm like, if they're staying with you, they can take the dog out. Like they're yeah. staying with you for free. But now I'm realizing that they're talking about like, okay, once they, we all live in the same apartment building, we want them to take the dog out, which right. I think is like a reasonable thing to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have been like their family. It's fine. You don't need to pay them. I have since changed my tune on that. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. When we had Rosie, before we like got a legit dog sitter a few times, Harry, my little brother, would mm-hmm. dog sit for her, which was really kind. He didn't have a dog at the time um, and was single and like it was easy for him to like let Rosie come hang out with him. Yeah. Uh, the times he did it. I think we took him to dinner or like brought him something. I think one time we actually did just Venmo him. Yeah. I I look back on that now and I'm like, we should have just paid him like we would have paid a dog sitter. That's that's where I fall on this. I think I think two weeks if they're un, until their stuff arrives and they're staying with you. It's like you're yeah. a host. They can take the dog. They're literally there. When that changes. Covering a dinner every now and then, it, it just, it's not, I don't know. It's not legit enough or frequent enough. It's it just, just pay them like you would a dog right. sitter. I, I think that there's no problem with that. It's not, it shouldn't be a ton of money. Especially but. like for me, it, it totally depends on your relationship with your family, et cetera. But one time is no. like, okay, whatever. You, I don't need to pay you for the one time that you're going to like watch my dog for the weekend. But if you are going to consistently need them on like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. to take the dog out, like you should be doing something c- that you would consistently do with a dog walker, you know? Yeah. Um, there's people that uh, it's, it's kind of the same way of like, you know, your, your mom watching your kid for you. Like yeah. you're not going to pay your mom. Right. Like your mom would do it for you. But at the same time, like my siblings now sometimes watch Fritz. When my nieces watch Fritz, we pay them. Mm-hmm. When my sister watches Fritz, we don't pay her, but she's also not doing it consistently like a nanny job. Yeah. Like I go take her a gift card or a candle or something mm-hmm. for doing it. I just think it put it makes a weird unless you're the caveat for me is if you're like doing a trade-off like you're doing stuff for them so they're doing stuff for you sure but if they're acting like you're employed help then you should pay them like that yeah i i pay them it's a gray area i get where you're coming from i get we're covering a dinner every now and then you kind of think it suffices but just just pay them just venmo just them 20 bucks 20 bucks yeah each time. it doesn't need to be a ton it every like for a week hey 20 bucks well if you took the you know i don't know i I I also say this too, coming from Brett, I think having my whole family's here Mm -hmm. in the middle of five kids, Will and I have very much been of the attitude of love my siblings. I know they're there to help us out, but I don't want to be in debt to them because it makes a weird dynamic. Sure. So yes, it's okay to ask for occasional help. Like I said, when my nieces babysit Fritz, 
we pay them. But like if my sister has to like cover for us, but it's not so often that she feels like she's our babysitter Mm -hmm. because I don't want there to be resentment. Correct. You know, and if you don't, or if you're having them doing something for you where you're in debt to them without paying them or them getting any benefit, then it just Mm -hmm. creates a resentful situation of like anytime they're annoyed with the dog, anytime like that they have to do something, it creates a weird employer employee relationship that you like doesn't really exist. But if you're paying them and they are late doing it or they, you know, she, the dog gets bit or whatever, then you actually have grounds to be pissed at them. But if you're, they're doing it for free, yeah, you then have you're no, like you do have no. If if she shits on your floor mm-hmm. while they're watching her, and you're not paying them, like okay, then you don't really have a leg to stand on. Yeah, yeah, I I, I get where everybody's coming from here, and I just think the easiest way is to pay them or just have a dog walker do it. <laughs> or yeah, just or or do don't it. involve the family. Boom, and then you keep the family tab clean. There's no the balance right. and credit or debits and credits are all yeah okay. Uh, you know what doesn't, or excuse me, also doesn't cost a lot of money per day that you can do to really improve your health? I'm going to guess Athletic Greens, AG1. AG1. AG1 came into my life at a time where I was on a health journey. Um, and I looked into a lot of supplements. I wanted to bolster my nutritional intake, uh, fill the holes in my diet, if you will. And AG1 has done that and more. I take it in the morning. It's a big box or or cylinder of powder, green powder that you take a scoop of, pop in a glass of water, mix it up down the hatch. What do you get in that scoop of green powder, Sally? Lots of nutrients. Lots, lots, lots of nutrients. 75 of them to be exact. 75 high-quality vitamins, probiotics, and whole food sourced ingredients. It's great bang for my buck as well, as it replaces a lot of other supplements like a daily multivitamin, minerals, pre and probiotics for my gut health, adaptogens, and a greens blend. Um, and, and it's just, it's the best. Skin's better, sleep's better, more mentally clear. And it's just a, a routine that I can commit to, uh, to know I'm doing something for my body. That helps it out every single day. So if you're looking for a simpler, more effective investment for your health, try AG1 and get five free AG1 travel packs plus a free one-year supply of vitamin D with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash mail-in. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash mail-in. Check it out. Uh, next one, so. This question is mostly for Sally, but both of y'all can answer. I'm 24, almost 25, and admire your carefree, effort personality. <laughs> How did you develop into such a carefree personality? What did th- when did things change for you? Did they change at all? Thanks, and congrats on the pregnancy. Do you think that I have a fuck it personality? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're kind of a, I, I would say, obviously, type A. I don't think, I, I don't, I think I have more of a fuck it personality than you do. Yeah. For sure. I, I think... Um, maybe, maybe that's coming from like a, I'm a little bit older and care less about some of the shit that I cared about when I was younger. I think you're, I'll put it this way. You're more likely to just be like, this is my opinion. I don't, I don't care. I don't, I don't quote, give a fuck about what you think of my opinion, but this is my opinion. Yeah. Um, okay. I, it, it should be said that. Um, the podcast and Instagram and social media might portray me in a better light than <laughs> my normal self. Because if you got what is, Will what in do you here, mean by that? he would be like, she's the last person to not give a shit about me. Uh, okay. uh, you are correct. I'm very type A, mm-hmm. which took me time. I always thought I was like really laid back. And then I uh, worked in an ICU and I was like, I'm not laid back at all. Uh <laughs> And then I went to grad school and like got even more like neurotic. But yeah, actually Will asked me the other day which friend's character I was. And I was like, I want to be a Rachel. Mm. But I think I'm a Monica. <laughs> which is fine. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm a Chandler. Yeah, you are. Or Joey. You're probably a mix of both. Yeah. Uh, what I will say is I, I have become more neurotic 
in certain aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Having kids or having a kid with another on the way has really amplified some of my anxiety of like how my life is going to go and things that I need to do and things like that. But on the flip side, I think becoming a parent and becoming just older and more comfortable in your own skin has taught me, like you said, to not that I don't care, but I I don't apologize for being myself as much as I used to. Um, When I was 24, 25, so I met, I'm 30, I'm 34. Mm -hmm. I just had to think about that. Just turned 34. Randy's laughing at me. He's laughing at Brett, who just like that, like made Brett's ball shrivel. Sh- 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 <laughs> uh, when we, I okay, we wouldn't so, have gone to high school together, Randy. It would be me and you in eighth grade, and Sally a senior. Yeah. So I. Uh, he just he did the Kevin Hart Don Cheadle thing. The damn. <laughs> <laughs> I at thirty four. I met Will. Was I eight years ago? So I was twenty six. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's or I was crazy. 25 when I met him and turned 26 shortly after. Mm-hmm. 24, 25, really 22 to 25 was probably the height of my insecurity. Interesting. Okay. Right I mean, right after college. Yeah. I think people are insecure in college, but then you like get your people and you get your yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you, you are out of college. Show. Yeah. <laughs> you always bring that up. Um, when you're post-grad. And you're working a job for the first time and you're living on your own for the first time, like out of the context of college without like a huge influence from your parents, your family, et cetera. And you're making friends. Um, that was probably the height of like me just wanting, I was single. I was insecure. I was, I was happy. I was having a lot of fun, but I Mm -hmm. also was very, very focused on like, what people thought of me. Like I wanted to be the best employee. I wanted to be the best friend. I wanted to be someone's girlfriend, all of these things. Um, and I think a few things changed that made me chill out. Number one, when I met Will, I would say even for the first few years that we dated, I was still pretty not self secure. Um, I was really concerned about what his friends thought of me. Um, I was really concerned about what my friends thought of him, my family. Mm -hmm. So I think that always leads to something when you have a relationship with somebody, especially somebody who's like totally brand new to your life, there adds a layer of like needing acceptance. Um, But I think growing up, those first few years, I would say probably 25 to 28 was like when I was being comfortable dating Will and a lot of my friends were getting married and... I was going back to grad school, things like that. You learn a couple things about yourself. You learn like, what am I going to spend my time on? And I have to stop saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. But you also have to like not be so negative. Um, Number two, I really had to – that was like I was living in Houston, but Will was here. And I had this big – like guilt about leaving Houston basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then was like, this is my priority now. Like he is who I want to be with. I have my family's there, things like that. And I had to stop apologizing for like wanting to do things I wanted to do. But I think that just takes time and experience. I think um, every year of your life, every relationship, every job, all of those things lead you to become the person that you are. And I will probably look back when I'm 44 and be like, at 34, I was an idiot. Mm -hmm. But I I think now I look back on my 20s and I spent a lot of my 20s, so much of my 20s, caring what other people thought about me, wanting to, like, being a people pleaser, that now I've really let that go of, like, okay, listen, like, I'm a mom now. Yeah, you've kind of you've kind of locked yourself into the next stage of life, like right. as, as people do. Like you're married, you have a kid, another on the way. You have a very, you have a, a routine. You have, you know, you're just kind of you're 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 you've evolved into the person that your 30s or your 20s have led you to be. But I think when I say all that to people, 
I think it's important to experience that. Absolutely. And not just be like, oh, if I would have acted the way I acted now, 10 years ago, people have been like, what the fuck is her problem? Yeah. <laughs> like she You're clearly doesn't so. like give a shit about other people yeah. or, you know, care about her interpersonal relationships. And I'm not saying that I don't care about my relationships now. It's just that my friends are kind of under tacit understanding of like, we all have shit going on and we aren't going to spend every waking moment together. Mm-hmm. And when we catch up, we catch up and it is great. And, and that's that. That is what it is because we all have different life priorities than we did 10 years ago when we were 24. But had I acted very laissez-faire about everything when I was 24, people would be like, this girl's like, just doesn't care about anything. So I think you, as much as it sucks, like you have to let yourself go through the twenties, the, the Sunday scaries you get from drinking too much, but you have to have those nights where you're going out all weekend and like, you have to learn what, you know, you have to make mistakes. You have to be hungover. You have to be anxious about starting a new job. You have to be anxious about getting new friends. You have to fuck up with your friends so you know how to not do it again. Like Mm -hmm. you have to live all those experiences. And I wish I could go back and tell my 24 year old self, like be more confident. People like you, you're nice, Mm -hmm. you're fun. It's okay. But at the same time, I, it's also built you, it built me into who I am now. Uh, I think that the twenties for me were like some of the most fun years of my life and some of the most like anxiety producing mm-hmm. years of my life. Totally. Uh, but I needed both of those things to happen to get to where I am today. And I look back on that. I remember right before I had Fritz, I was like, I'm so sad. We're never going to be able to like pick up and like go to Cabo on a whim. Mm-hmm. Now that we're having a kid, which like was a dumb thing to say, cause we like definitely have done that post child. Uh, you like lament the years that you lost. Like you're in your twenties. You're like, I miss being in college and like being walking distance from my friends and blah, blah, blah. But like you're having all these experiences and you're meeting new people that like when you're 30, you're gonna be like, I missed doing that. Like I miss having happy hours. I miss going out Friday night to like Sunday midday. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But then you also don't miss it because you're like, you've moved on. And yeah. For people who are in their 20s now who feel lost or feel like you're just like living day to day and then you see the year go by, every every aspect of your life is going to be like that. Every stage of your life is going to be like that. But you had the 20s for me were like such a self-defining decade that I look back on that I was like I had some really, really high highs and some freaking dangerously low lows. But I needed all that to be who I am now. And I'm going to say and when I'm 40, I'm going to need all the shit that I did when I was 30 to mm-hmm. be who I am at 40. Absolutely. I do think it's it's okay to walk a line of like, I care about stuff, but I don't need to totally ruin my day, week, month, year caring about what people think. Yeah. I think that's all really well said. I think it's a cool... Uh, interpersonal journey you've been on. But I mean, if you look back on that, you would say the same thing of the last decade of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. I I think you're a totally different person at 19 than you are at 29. Oh, 100%. And I'm I'm very glad I am the person I am at 29 versus the person I was. Think about the stuff you've been in the past, through the past two years alone, let alone like the last decade. (laughs) It's felt like a lifetime in the last two or three years. And, and that, but like, Am I glad I've had to face what I've had to face? Like, no, I don't think any kid should. Right. Uh, but I'm not who I am without going through it. Yeah. And I'm glad I am who I am by going through it. So it's like a it's catch twenty two. Can't you don't you don't want to be the person you were, but you're glad you were the person you were because it's gotten to you to where. It also speaks to like what a front. You just never know what is going on behind someone's closed doors. So mm-hmm. the fact that someone said that I have an effort personality, thank you to you, uh, it just shows that like maybe I'm exuding a lot more confidence on here than like I actually feel. <laughs> <laughs> so like when you, if yeah. you're if you're especially twenties is like a major comparison game scenario, oh, yeah. and in your thirties you do the same thing but about dumber shit like houses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you never know what people are going through. So if your friend seems like this really confident, like they're putting themselves out there and they're dating and they are happily walking up to girls and like hitting on them and you're just like, I'm not that person. You don't know what's going on when they get home and they're in their own bedroom by themselves. Like you did, like everyone has a crisis of confidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think age taught me that for sure. It was like, damn, we were all just like floating along not knowing yeah. what the hell we were doing. <laughs> and if age has taught me anything over the last couple of years, it's taught me anything. It's I, I, I've definitely, I think gained. I think fuck, it's the wrong word, but more of a life is short. Yeah. Uh, fleeting. Personality fleeting. Yeah. yeah. And and not impulsive necessarily, but uh, the perspective of like enjoying what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That is certainly gained hold. Yeah. In the last couple of years. Well, self growth, Sally. Look at yeah. us. Uh, let's talk about Nutrafol real quick before the last question. 80 million men and women in the US experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which can make going through it feel scary and stressful. And that just adds to the problem, Sally. Enter Nutrafol. They're the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Did you know there are multiple causes of thinning hair, Sally? Yes. As someone who is currently going through some thinning hair and mm. in a regrowth era. Uh, shouts to T-Swift. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will be using Nutrafol postpartum to combat my hair loss. Let's ride. Because they're the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target stress. Hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women. Nutrafol has multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Every formula is physician-formulated using natural medical-grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises. So in clinical studies, Sally, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women Saw improved hair growth after six months. It's also trusted and recommended by more than 3,000 top doctors. So you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering promo code MAILIN to save $10 off your first month subscription. This offer is only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Again, free shipping, every order, and get $10 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A. FOL.com promo code mail-in. Let's talk skincare, Sally. Hey, mail-in team. Got a question for Saldiel. Uh, I know a little bit about skincare too. Come on. Skincare <laughs> edition. I'm a man and I've been starting to use a daily body lotion. Growing up, daily lotion was never part of the routine. Where does it go? I have a separate face lotion with SPF that clearly goes on my face. But where does my, my body lotion go? Are there areas I'm supposed to be targeting? I don't really have dry skin, so it's not like you can just put it on the dry spots. Any advice in my new journey of male skincare is appreciated because I'm just throwing that shit on everywhere, and it feels like I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Very judgmental. I love this okay. question. Okay. Number one, just some basics of skincare really fast mm, okay. for anybody who like needs a routine. We're not going to go super deep. Sunscreen in the morning. Yep. Anytime you're going outside. SPF. SPF. Face, neck, ears. Got to get the tips of your ears. If you are a commuter, left Less. side of your body. Okay. Yep. Uh, carry sunscreen in a bag with you so that you can put it on after work too. Mm -hmm. uh, number two. Washing your face at night, personally. I, I'm not a, like a big face wash in the morning person. Okay. There's a whole like debate about whether or not you should. Mm. I don't feel the need to, but I do wash my face at night. You don't want to like be walking around with grime on your face all day. Yeah, and I, not I need to be wash better about that one. Okay, so gentle face cleanser. And then you're going to want to do, you, you need something to hydrate and something to moisturize. Mm. Okay, so... Like a hydrator would be some sort of serum. So like a hyaluronic acid 
is a great one. Um, but any sort of like daily serum, like for guys, I feel like it's really easy to like go into keels and get something. And then a moisturizer to lock in the hydrator attracts moisture to your face. A moisturizer locks that in. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So if, if you're doing the, just the bare minimum, wake up. I, uh, this is my bare minimum skin routine. Wake up vitamin C, some sort of something on your face, whether it's a lotion or a serum sunscreen, daily moisturizer, if you want mm-hmm. nighttime face wash, hydrator, moisturizer, eye cream. Okay. Boom. Now that should all be applied to your face and neck because people do their face, but people don't remember to do their neck and mm. a neck and your hands are going to show the most age. Oh, okay. Okay. That's just, general anti-aging, keep your skin looking good. Now, people neglect putting on body moisturizer. I would be one of those people. I am I am one of those people. I don't put on moisturizer until like my skin is so parched, my legs are ashy, and it's like terrifying. I need to also be better. Body moisturizer goes everywhere, okay? Most people are going to feel dry skin in their elbows, knees, um, especially if you're in Texas in the heat, you might be like getting eczema and things like that, like behind your knees, things like mm-hmm. that. Keeping your skin moisturized is going to help with that. Um, but probably the best thing to do, especially if you're, you know, not taking an everything shower, like a girl, mm. um, is apply post shower, like towel dry yourself off and then apply moisturizer because you want to do it while your skin is somewhat wet like not dripping wet but like you know when you're like you're not fully dry you know what i'm saying the way somebody explained this to me one time is when you're doing skincare if you think about a sponge if you put paint on a sponge it's like hard to fully cover the sponge but if the sponge is wet and you put paint on it it's a lot easier to put paint all over the sponge Mm, so you need your skin layer to be moist before to accept you put the mo- to accept the moisturizer. Correct. Okay. Anyway, body moisturizer goes everywhere. Don't forget the chest. You age there, but like you can do it everywhere. You can do your butt cheeks. You can do your legs. Definitely get the top of your feet. Always do your hands. Really, if you are one of those people who's washing your hands constantly, which a lot of us are post COVID, uh, bring a carry a hand moisturizer and moisturize your hands throughout the day. Like I'm really bad about this because I have to use alcohol-based cleansers constantly in the hospital. Mm. My hands are dry. Your hands are what looks old. Like your face may look young, but by the time you're 40, your hands will look old. So never forget to put sunscreen on the top of your hands and moisturize your hands. But you can put lotion. Everywhere. Everywhere. I wouldn't like go into the folds of your your nooks and crannies necessarily, but but you can put lotion anywhere, you know, not in your mouth, but don't do that. Like, be reasonable. But like, I would body lotion goes everywhere below the neck. Some people would say that your chest skin is sensitive enough to accept the same products of as your face and neck. Mm. Uh, I think it depends on the person. Okay, as a guy, like. I think you it, with with a regular body moisturizer probably fine on your chest. Shit. I Man. try to get it on my back. You know, mm, I tough. do the like yeah, as much as yeah, I can, yeah. and then like a little slapping like this. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, pretty, get your whole legs, get your whole arms. Oh, I get. To the, I can connect. Yeah, there you go. And moisturize. It's very important. These Good are the know. things that we talk about that like I don't do, but you should do. It's like stretching, moisturizing. Mm. Honestly, starting neutral while you still have hair. (laughs) Like, those are the things that, like, somebody needs to tell you when you're 12, like, Mm -hmm. when you go through puberty, like, this is what will keep you looking young and feeling good. It's like, but you don't see the immediate effects of, like, drinking a ton of water, stretching, moisturizing. You don't. So you don't do it consistently. But if you are consistent with it, it's going to lead to way better results in the long run. We like instant gratification, though. That's we why love I love the, the like, little caffeine eye drops that are like, whoa. Yeah. My eyes look sick. But like your skin will be so much softer. Mm-hmm. Take care like, of your skin, people. 
A lot of sunscreen, a lot of moisturizer. You have. It is. But like, don't you want to be in bed with someone and they're like rubbing your back and they're like, you have the softest skin. You're like, hell yeah, I do. Hell yeah. Body moisturize. That'd be sick. Yeah. My skin's pretty soft. And you don't have to do something. Honestly, like Cetaphil or um, what's the other one that starts with a C? Cerave? Cerave? Yes, Cerave. Both great body moisturizers. And they're cheap. Mm, Like get them in a big tub. I rock with their facial cleanser. Yeah, because they're gentle and they're not going to like be super perfumey or anything like that. And you just like lube up your body every day. Lube it. I'm a big uh, Kiehl's facial fuel. Yeah. For men. Yeah. Uh, That's going to do it for us today, Sally. Any shower thoughts before we bounce? No, I'm going to go literally put lotion on my legs because they're ashy as hell. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I need some some arm ones. I gotta, man, I gotta, I'll be better about that. You gotta it's take my, an everything shower tonight. I do, I do. Uh, please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the show. Hit the hotline number 888-362-MAIL. That is 888-362-6245. Or go ahead and write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mailin Podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFries on Instagram, Twitter, and threads. Threads. There you go. People forgot. I am uh, Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on all of those platforms, including threads. Uh, Sally will be out the next two weeks as she is going to be in Michigan. The, uh, the mitten. The murder mitten. The mitten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so TBD on who will be with me in the co-host chair, but we'll, uh, I'll see you next week. Sally, enjoy Michigan. Thanks. Bye. Bye.